Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to the Around the Natty podcast. I'm Andrew. And I'm Logan. You'll notice that uh, it's a little bit of a different setup, different vibe that that you've been thinking about or that you've seen in the in the past. Yeah, you can uh, tell because Gamble is not centered in his screen like a nerd. I have an iPad sideways. <laughs> um, so just bear with us. It's going to be a little bit... Uh, Bumpy. Yeah, uh, but we're oh, finding we're talking, a way to get it done. It's been a while. Some weird stuff on your wiener, Bumpy, you know? Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, we're, uh, we're excited to be back. Um, we're going to stare it right in the face. We haven't been on in a while. Um, oh, yeah. in a while. Backward, backwards hat season, baby. He needs to hide that ugly mop on his head. Yeah, well, you know, Gamble's girlfriend won't cut my hair, so. Yeah, well. I've offered her $30 to do so. That's a pretty damn good deal. <laughs> well, we're, uh, we're back. Yeah. I even drive to her shit. I don't know. <laughs> we say this every time. We're going to get on a more frequent schedule, um, but we're going to. We have a day planned. We have a day planned. Thursdays. Uh, Thursdays. We'll probably get out to you Friday or Saturday. Mike and I. on how lazy I'm being. Um, <sighs> but we're excited to talk sports. There's a lot that's gone on since the last time we were on. Um, the draft. Uh, COVID ruining baseball. Um, you know. Player union versus uh, owners and, and GMs, that whole debacle that's going on right now, um, and then and then some other things as well. But but let's hop right into it, Logan. Um, let's let's talk about you know what happened in the draft and kind of our takes on what happened and how we think the Bengals fared. Yeah, I mean obviously let's start with uh, the first the first pick overall, um, which was, I mean let's be honest, we we knew it was going to be. I was excited for it the entire time. Um, but still, I mean, when the day came, I was hyped. Let's yeah. go. Oh, as, yeah. uh, as HB says. And it, it was hype, man. I, um, I'm really excited for what the future holds. And um, you know what? I think it's really invigorated uh, the fan base. And I really can't wait to um, get out there and, and support the team, see them play. It, way, the way things are going, it looks like we're going to have a full season. It's going to start on time. Yeah, uh, the way things are trending. I mean, high school athletics already returned in Ohio um, mm-hmm. uh, last Friday, I think. So they've been going. Uh, Kentucky's supposed to go back um, in the next two weeks or so. So at least in terms of you know locally, um, we're looking good. And I think that uh, most other states are kind of opening things up. And um, so hopefully they can uh, they can get together. And sorry, I'm getting a little sidetracked, I guess. But yeah, number one over- overall pick was Joe Burrow and. Um, what I'll say is before we go down and really break down each individual round, if we choose to do that, I don't know if, what, what you're feeling, uh, Gamble, but um, I think overall, man, you certainly can't be upset with the draft. I think that they got great value at every pick. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, I, I think in any round, you'd be like, oh, I wish they would have gotten this guy or like this guy fell. I wish they would pick yeah. this guy up. But again, I, I can't complain with any of the picks they made. I thought they were all great picks. Um yeah, there are some other guys who maybe I would have liked to see them pick up, but uh, off the top of my head, I, I, I really you can't complain about the draft that they had this year. It was very impressive. Yeah, uh, I 100% agree with that. 
um, you know, we can start from the beginning and, and kind of work our way down. Um, obviously, we'll we'll touch on the the earlier picks more in depth, but I think I think with Joe Burrow, it was a it was a can't miss. Um, you know, is pretty straightforward pick. Um, you know, best quarterback in the draft, most pro ready quarterback. Um, I do want to bring this up and kind of throw it in your face. We did have a discussion pre draft about which quarterback you'd rather have. Um, and I remember a specific co-host repping Tua. Um, I, I still think pound for pound, the most talented quarterback in the draft was Tua Tagovailoa. Um, I, I would have, I, I think that no one's going to blame them for taking, um, Joe Burrow. And if he's a bust, I don't think anyone would be upset. I think it was a great pick. And, um, again, I guess I was excited. I was going to be excited no matter who we, who we took with number one overall pick. Uh, the one thing I, I really didn't want them to do is, is trade out of the, the first pick. And so I'm glad that they didn't because um, I think it's just a cop-out. You know, find your guy, go get your guy and take him. Um, sadly, you know, the arrival of Joe meant the departure of Andy. And yeah. and that's something that's really sad, too. And I didn't really I didn't write it in this episode. So me and Gam- Gamble and I, like, either collaborate or take turns writing the episodes. And uh, I, I quickly put through together this week's episode in terms of the flow. And one thing I didn't put in there was our, was our farewell to Andy and, and kind of maybe a, a memorandum to him and his time here. I mean, he is one of the longest tenured quarterbacks in, in Cincinnati Bengals franchise history. He owns many records in the franchise and the second mm-hmm. to only Kenny Anderson and some others. And wow. Nine years of stability at the quarterback position that you can't ask for anything better. I mean, that's just a fantastic, um, way to experience football uh not many franchises uh can say that over the course of a decade they've yeah. had almost they, they knew going into who was gonna be their quarterback and for better or for worse any dalton was a constant professional um and listen he had some great years here he had some mvp caliber years um a lot of those unfortunately curtailed by injury um they had really good te- teams going into the playoffs couple times where again Either he himself was injured or, you know, had some other players who were injured. And um, I'm glad that they were able to, to, to let him kind of walk and, and, and find, hopefully, uh, a great next landing spot for him. And, yeah, you know, of course, selfishly, I would like to get, have gotten some value back for him um, because I think there is value out there for Andy Dalton. Um, he well, certainly has given the Cowboys leverage. Um, yeah, so. let's, let's talk about that for a second. You know, with you know, this kind of off topic, but, you know, it's, shit, it's, my, it's our podcast. We can talk about what we want. What? Um, but like, let's talk about that for a second. Uh, like, Andy Dalton might actually get some playing time. Yeah, well, it's possible. And you know what? To be honest with you, with the way that like, the Cowboys' offensive line is great, but I, I, Dak Prescott's a pretty mobile. Good. They got good receivers. They got their defense is, they got is a suspect. Back in the league. Their defense is suspect, though. But I mean, he doesn't care. He's like, I'm not running for oh, my life. Oh no, I absolutely, absolutely. But I'm saying. Dak Prescott, it's not unreasonable to think that with the way he plays, like he's a pretty mobile quarterback. He'll get out of the pocket and scramble every now and again. Um, it's not unreasonable to uh, picture a scenario where he gets hurt um, and Andy gets some playing time or maybe a deal doesn't get done in time. And- yeah, I'm telling you, I think he may hold out. For some reason, Dak thinks he's worth a billion dollars. They offered him 35 They tagged him, didn't they? No. They they who they tag? Oh, they tagged um, Amari Cooper. Yeah, they offered yeah. him thirty-five per year. Yeah, thirty-five mil per year. 
Yeah, I, and you know, I really hate this this thing where it's like, oh, I'm the next quarterback up, so now I got to be the highest big quarterback. Like, no, no, because no. you're not one of the best quarterbacks you're not in the Russell league. Wilson, you're not. You're not. Sorry, you're not Aaron Rodgers. He's a not, younger Andy Dalton to me. I'm sure Pat Mahomes is looking at it going. He wants forty five per year. You're going to pay me sixty mil per year. All right, and you know what? You do. You give that man the money. Well, yeah, he's worth it <laughs> because because he's the best quarterback in the league. Yeah. But so, like, but like Dak, when when he doesn't have a team, it's completely nothing. Right. I mean, you saw last year Kansas City had no running game, won the Super Bowl. Yeah. It's defense, good. defense, completely suspect, won the Super Bowl. You know yeah. why? Because they had Patrick Mahomes. You pay that man whatever. You you give him a blank well, check and you said, "Go ahead, Patrick fill it out." Plus Travis Kelsey, plus Tyreek Hill, plus. Yeah, I, I listen. Let me let me let me. You have you plus have weapons. We well, have weapons in the passing game, but I'm saying you have no run game. You had no defense, yeah. and um, everyone says you know defense and running the ball wins championship. Well, Pat Mahomes won you a championship last year, so. Yeah. All right. Let's let's get a little bit back on topic here, though. Um, with, uh, here we go. Here we go. With the 33 pick overall in the 2020 NFL draft, the Cincinnati Bengals select wide receiver T. Higgins from Clemson. Dude, this this was such a a. I was shocked with this pick. Okay. Yeah. I I I fully expected them to either go O line or. Or uh, linebacker with this pick, yeah. But they, but they didn't. They didn't I'm glad. panic. They didn't panic. They didn't panic. They didn't reach for a need. Um, yep. They kind of just played B, uh, BPA. They they picked the best player available. Um, and I think I think T Higgins is going to be a great addition for yep. our team. Um, big physical receiver who goes up and high points the ball. That's huge, um, especially with AJ going into a franchise tag year, the last year on his contract. Um, you know, I I think this is one of the better receivers that we've drafted in a long time. Well, I'll tell you right now, in most years, this is a guy who goes middle, late round, first round. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the, the receiving core being so deep this year, um, you know, and CeeDee Lamb going in the first round. I think he was the first receiver off the board, if I remember correctly. The Raiders, like, I believe. Or the, uh, the Cowboys. CeeDee Lamb, yep. Yeah. yeah, it was like 15, I think. But, uh, yeah, great pick. Um I love the fact that we have two of the star players um, on the other, like on each side of the ball, who played in the national championship game last year. So, yeah. two coming from two programs who know how to win, are about a winning culture. Um, T. Higgins excites me because you know he says he's modeled his game and and an attitude and demeanor a he's lot a after AJ fan. Green. Um, yeah, and you know I just really think um, again huge target, um, adding some depth to the wide receiver core, which. I, I would argue that we've had, but I mean, when you've had injuries to John Ross and Auden Tate last year, I mean, it, it never hurts to have that. And, um, you know, obviously with an aging AJ Green, uh, it's perfectly reasonable to bring in another guy who can potentially help uh, Tyler Boyd either move into the number one spot or T. Higgins maybe himself can kind of move into that number one spot over time and have a great compliment. I mean, again, I, if you're if you're one, two, three is AJ Green, Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins, I'm all right with that. Um, yeah. That's really good. So, yeah, um, uh, and it's just it's just unbangled like, um, which was which was awesome. Hashtag new day. Yeah, after <laughs> after uh, after reaching for Billy Price and um, you know just a couple years of it where they felt like they were reaching for a need, it felt really good to one go out there and get the best quarterback in the draft, 
uh, possibly the best player in the draft, maybe behind Chase Young or, or however they have it ranked. But then to go out and get a, another potential first-round pick um, or a first-round graded pick, um, you know, you were going to you were gonna get a, a first-round graded pick depending on how the board landed anyways at 33. Right, right. Um, and I and I think I think another big thing is is that they didn't do any stupid trades. Like we got to talk about last year, they traded picks for Ryan Finley or Andrew Finley. What the hell's his name? Ryan Finley. Ryan Finley. And like, Andrew Finley went to grade school with me. Oh, okay. Uh, well, it's just like it made no sense, and like they felt like it made you it made you feel like it made you feel like they didn't know what to do with the pick, so they they gave it away. And you know what? I'll attribute some of that to they actually the, the coaching staff was coming back for a second year. They actually had time to prepare for the draft. If you remember yeah. correctly, they hired Zach or uh, Zach Taylor essentially right before the draft. Um, he had no time pre- to prepare, uh, do a full scouting report. Whereas he had a full off season uh, going into it. You know you're, you have the number one pick. Uh, you know you're going to be at the, obviously the top of the um, the draft round each time mm-hmm. and uh yeah i mean it's just it's very solid um very solid position to be in and, and certainly a better scenario than last year where they again we're kind of working um on limited time because they just didn't like they got yeah. hired on late and hopefully this year as well i mean with a well again assuming that they get back and start on time with a full off season um hopefully that can kind of help get them back and put together a program more so like they wanted to reflect. I think a lot of last year was kind of leftover uh, Marvin Lewis era stuff because they had to, because they got hired on so late. Um, but hopefully this year it's a little bit different. And, um, and you know what, like in terms of, I don't think it's reasonable and I don't think anyone expects this team to go out and win 10 games this year, but I need to see something that says, wow, okay, this team in a couple of years can be pretty good. Yeah, and uh, and if we don't, you know what? I I don't know. That there's any excuses anymore. Zach Taylor's been given far more um, leeway, or at least has been given um, better positioning in terms of free agent signings and and draft selections than Marvin Lewis ever was in his 16 years here. Mm-hmm. So, uh, barring uh, something crazy happening or a major injury. This is a this is a big year for Zach Taylor, and yeah. it's going to tell a lot about his program and his ability as a head coach to to get a, to get a program together. So I agree, I agree, and I mean, you know, you you said it best is there's not really an excuse. Uh, kind of the the Brown family and, and Katie and all them gave that those reins to to Zach and to Duke um, to go out there and, and plug some holes so that they didn't have to reach in the draft. Um, I think they did a pretty good job. I think DJ Reader, uh, Von Bell are two huge pickups that are going to help tremendously on that defense that was so abysmal last year. Oh, that's the secondary is going to look brand new this year. Yeah. Outside of William Jackson III, yep. you're not going to recognize anyone in the secondary, which I think was needed. Yeah, probably. And then the D-line. Oh, you said the secondary. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I think I think that's needed, honestly. I mean, Hell yes. I, I really think that, um, you know, uh, Darquez Denard just could not – Stay healthy was just incapable of staying healthy. I think he, I think he has all the talent in the world. He could have been a great uh, number two DB. Could not stay healthy. Um, you know, I think that um, 
what what's our long haired kid from Alabama? What was his name? Um, Drake Patrick. I think that I said it from the time he was drafted, he wouldn't do great in our system uh, when he came in under Mike Zimmer and Paul A. G. Uh, because they, they've always ran a man-to-man system, and in Alabama, he always played zone. Um, and I think it showed that while he was competent enough, he wasn't um, worthy of a first-round pick, in my opinion, and um, got worked a lot of times and drew a lot of penalties, uh, yeah. which hurt us. And um, so, you know, we appreciate your your service uh, to us in the city of Cincinnati, but um, I'm happy to move on personally. Um, Hell, yeah. And we got yeah. two um, really, really good – and the key, the key word is young, yeah. young DBs. Um, yeah, we're not in Minnesota, and that's such a refreshing thing for this Bengals organization to do is is stop signing guys who are two years past their prime, just trying to stay on. I mean, like the James Harrisons and the AJ Hawks of the of the of the Kevin world, man. Mincher. Kevin Mint, you know, or like you know, even um, Preston Brown, like. Yeah, they might have led the league in tackles, but like, look how watch the film. Were they actually productive? Not really. Not really. A lot of that was scrap. Was scrap, you know, it was scrap tackles. I mean, I, you know, that doesn't impress me. I really think they went out, especially with DJ Reader, went out and signed some immediate impact players. Yeah. Um, I think it's important to understand, you know, the, the, the DBs you signed um, outside of Von Bell, they're not, I don't, I don't know that they're pro bowlers, but they're going to come in and be solid. I think and, Mackenzie Alexander is really good. I think they're, I think they're upgrades, if not equal. So like, so like, I think the Denard kind of switch is is almost equal. I think I think the DBU signer plays Drake Kirkpatrick. If it gets younger, it's an upgrade. My thing is with those guys we signed from Minnesota, Mackenzie Alexander included. We I we as in all of us, he's not played enough snaps to really be able to know. Um, but we'll find out. We'll find out. And I, I I'm certainly not um, upset with the signing. I just. Yeah. I don't. I don't think based on if you look at his stats, he's just not played enough to, to make an educated decision. Okay, can this guy be a like a consistent starter? And and you know what, this year we're gonna have a lot of guys who this year are gonna play and won't be here when the Bengals are ready to compete for a Super Bowl. That's just the reality. And so I'm not. I'm not. Not every player needs to be an all all pro this year for us. We just gotta see who can come in and and play well together and. Um, see if they can be a part of the team in the future. And if not, then this is the year to figure it out. So let's play them. Like Jermaine Pratt for me is one of those guys where you don't play him. If he sucks, okay, we're going to move on, you know, but this is the year to do it. I I, I want to find out now and uh, not, not keep those guys in our back pocket and find out two years from now when we're ready to compete, hopefully uh, for something more meaningful. I think, and I think that's the plan. I think they're going to play Jermaine Pratt. And that, and that kind of leads me to my, our next pick, you know, Logan Wilson. Um, with a third, with the 65th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Cincinnati Bengals select linebacker from Wyoming, Logan Wilson. That's not how they say it. They say shut the fuck up. They say Logan Wilson, linebacker, Wyoming. Wyoming. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I I like this pick too. Um, <laughs> I'm like I like this pick too. Um, I think I think it's nice to go in a different direction with a linebacker. Um, the only, the only I thing I have a problem with linebacker. is why is Wyoming's colors fecal matter colors? It's yeah, it's yeah. literally the color of feces. I don't understand that, but anyways. And piss. Yeah, I mean it's bodily fluids, man. Yeah. You know, well, with 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 Logan Wilson, uh, it's refreshing to see them kind of go in a different different direction with uh, 
with linebacker. I feel like they always go for these big linebackers who are stuck in quicksand, um, which almost sounds redundant because that's kind of what linebacker. But it's it's kind of shifting with the league with the league shifting to a faster approach um, to more pass heavy league. The the position has had to adapt more than I think any other position in the league has. Yeah, I um I I agree that this is. I think he was probably um the second best uh, pass defending linebacker in, in the draft this year. Um, the best available at this position at this pick spot. Um, I think that of uh, looking at all of the picks, I think this is the only one they reached a little bit, but I was okay with it. Um, I think in terms of pick position, this was where they got the the worst value, but it's not bad. That's not what I'm saying. I just think in terms of like everywhere else. I mean, they got like unbelievable value. Like at four in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, they got un- unbelievable value. Um, but uh, yeah, with that, with this pick again, I, I think he's going to be um, a guy who's he's going to have to come in and start right away, especially with Nick Vigil be, uh, leaving in free agency, um, and he's going to have to come out and he's going to play the will linebacker. Mm-hmm. He's going to be the guy who comes out and and he's going to guard the tight end. He's going to guard you know the fourth receiver if if uh, if the if the formation dictates that. Mm-hmm. And um, to your point, hopefully you know between him and J- Jermaine Pratt's not supposed he's not this huge run stuffer. You know he's supposed to be a pretty agile guy who can get out and defend in the flat if he needs to. And um, I, the only thing I'll say is is I don't really give a shit who's back there right now. They got to be able to tackle. Lamar, and if they can't, we're in trouble. Because I, I mean, come on, man, that's a tough thing for anybody. I listen, I understand, but it can be done. And let me tell you, if we don't figure it out, that's for the next three to five years. If he lasts that long, um, in terms of health, he's going to be the problem. I mean, I'm not worried about Cleveland. I'm not worried about Pittsburgh. I mean, they're they're kind of on their last legs in terms of, um. I'm it's 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 Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens who by the way they had not such a shabby draft themselves. Yeah. Um you know I think I think the key thing is going to be the is going to be the tackling. Um the Bengals have had such poor tackling the the past 3 4 years that it's just been sickening. Um you know we went out and got one of the best tackling corners in the game. Um we're also drafting a lot of young guys um, on defense to try and rejuvenate that culture. Um, I think I think they're going to put an emphasis on tackling since it's been so piss poor. Um, that's purely on blind optimism, but you're, you're right. They are going to have to to tackle Lamar Jackson. Unfortunately, we have the privilege of uh, playing him twice a, a year, um, which is awesome to watch. It's also terrible defend and yeah but you know what thank god they went out and addressed i mean how many times have you watched a Bengals game in the last four years i mean like the middle of the field is wide open on every single play yeah. you know so definitely a position of need has been for a long time and hopefully this can go it won't fix it but it hopefully it'll go to helping the the, the cause so um you know going down the list i'm i would like to spend less time on the first the, the yeah. next, four through seven but to give you an idea, um, so uh, they they went linebacker again in the fourth round. Akeem Davis Gather, um, or Gaither, quick athletic guy, quick athletic guy. Um, you know, was projected to go a little bit higher, not a lot. Um, I think he's an athletic guy who who's going to really contribute on special teams for us. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, a guy who can fly down the field, make tackles, block, do all that kind of stuff. Um, going to be a real big Darren Simmons guy to start out. But I think he can contribute later down the line. Yeah. I, um, uh, Khalid Kareem, another guy I probably see on special teams a lot, but adds depth to the defensive line, which, yep. you know, with, with your stars aging, uh, being in Geno Atkins and, and um, Carlos Dunlap, I mean, I think that's it's great. Uh, not to mention, you know, uh, poor freaking um, uh, fifty uh, Carl Lawson having injury issues. Yeah. Obviously, if you can take the load off those guys, that's great. And um, if you think about when our defense has been at its most dominant, even when those players were younger and in their primes, um, it was when we had depth. It's when we could rot- rotate out on this platoon. Um, yeah. And uh, I think that, you know, you really need to see instead of, you know, you know, uh, sixty snaps a game from Andrew Whitworth or um, not Andrew Whitworth, or Jesus, um, Andrew Brown, Gino, Gino Atkins. Um, you want to see closer to like thirty snaps yeah. a game, and yeah. if you can do that, I think you're gonna keep him fresh. Because I mean, at the end of the season, he just looked gas. Yeah, he just looked gas. He's, he's getting old, um, right? You know, and, and he's a big guy. He's always been a big guy. Um, you want to kind of limit him now. Um, that's when you're gonna get him at his most effective. Is when is when he's fresh, when he's able to rotate and rotate, right. and rotate out. And, that, and when you think back on it, uh, you know, statistically, when the Bengals – sorry, we boring you, Logan? We boring you? Statistically, yeah. um, when the Bengals' D-line's been at its best, it's when we've had that depth. Um, and I think when you can rotate them in and get a, a new fresh guy in there, um, it's always going to help. Um, the next the next pick um, is Adenogy. Um you know, a lot of people thought the Bengals were going to go earlier with their draft pick of a of a of a uh, lineman. Um, they kind of saved it to what they thought was going to be a good pick, uh, Adenogy out of Kansas. Um, I don't see him playing much. They they say they like their guys. They like Michael Jordan. Yeah. Um, they like they like uh, Bobby Hart. They think they can they can turn that ship around. Listen, I, they're confident. I I appreciate them being confident in their guys. Um, we get Jonah Williams back, which is going to be huge for us. Um, we also get um, we also get a, a full year under one group, and they kind of know how to use Mixon and what what they found this line was best at. Yeah. Um, so who knows? Maybe we and, see an improvement. And you know what? I really think that in today's NFL, the way you get markedly better at the offensive line position is going out and signing proven free agents. Because I mean, think about it. Even look at Laramie Tunsil, who. Um, was a first round pick. He he's been in the league for this is his fifth season. He's just now becoming what he was projected to be. Yeah. Um. So being Hakeem Adenji, he didn't start playing football till uh, his junior year of college, and uh, he's got a lot of growth he can do and, and make. Um. And he's a project uh, essentially. You know, I mean, he's he's a big athletic guy with great feet. Um. But he just—it's the technique he's going to need to work on. And honestly, we've blown first and second round picks on offensive linemen, and uh, you know three different picks in the last five years that I can think of off the top of my head being Jake Fisher, Cedric Abuehi, and um, Billy, Billy Price, and they've not panned out. Um, I guess the verdict is still somewhat out on Billy Price because he's still on the team. But um, so why not go late round and you know high ri- or high reward, low risk kind of pick yeah. for me? And yeah. again, I think it's a great value pick. So. Um, and then lastly, moving on, we have uh, Marcus Bailey, who is a linebacker from Purdue. Again, another just wiry, athletic guy. Um, has s- some injury records. I think he's torn his ACL 
Both um, of them. He's, he's torn, torn both, both of them, but he torn one of them twice. So he's had three ACL tears um, over the course of his his career. And interestingly, I, I almost reached out to um, one of the athletic trainers at um, uh, MSJ because she was actually an undergrad student at Purdue when he was like, a, he would have been like freshman, sophomore years there. And, uh, but then I was like, ah, I guess she probably couldn't talk about it because of HIPAA and whatever. But anyway, so I was kind of see if she could give me just some insight about him like personally, but I guess that might be some level of, uh, you know, issue there, but I didn't reach out to her and she wouldn't want to hear from me anyways. Cause she didn't like me very much, but okay. <laughs> all right. Um, you know, overall I give the Bengals draft probably about a a minus to a B plus grade. Um, I think, I think not trading their picks was smart. I think having the first pick in each round is, is beautiful. Um, I think, you know, like you said, outside of Logan Wilson, they didn't really reach. Um, I think they made some good sound picks and I think, you know, going going with quantity um, over over you know you know they went qu- quantity, but they went with guys that they think could make contributions, and I think that was huge. Quality um, over con- quantity, I believe, is where we're where we're going for there. Yeah. So. Um, You're looking at think? the word doc. Huh? You're looking at the word doc. Yeah, give me just one second. Yeah. Um, while you do that, I'm going to set up the next next kind of segment. So uh, to kind of uh, end our Bengals talk here before we transition out, um, the Bengals over under right now, Vegas has them set at five and a half. Um, Gambino, Gurley Humman. Um, what... You taking the over under on on five and a half? I'm gonna I'm gonna be the optimist. I'm taking the over. Um, the reason for that being, um, I think that's not really factoring in the injuries from last year. Um, I think um, I think AJ Green being down really hurt this team. Um, John Ross going down at one point. Um, you now have a a young, vibrant, new energy um, with Joe Burrow coming in. I think. You know, as good as Andy was, I think I think Joe Burrow is better. Um, yep. Especially, you know, he's young. He's got young legs. He can make plays out of the pocket. He's a quick, accurate passer who can just throws a, a really catchable ball. And um, I think he's going to pair really well with the receivers we got here and um, Joe. Um, and you know, I just feel like there's a new energy. So, um, although I'm taking the over, I I'm obviously. I'm obviously not going to sit here and say they're going to the the you know Super Bowl, but um, I I can see I can see over five games or five yeah. and a half games. Yeah, I'm going to commit to. I think they're going to win six games. Looking at the schedule, they're going to win six games. Um, I think it's very reasonable. And, and one thing that you didn't mention, but kind of goes more towards your point, is how many one loss or one one score losses that we had last year. Seven. Um, yeah, I mean so. You know, that's the difference between a nine and seven team and and a and a two and fourteen team, and um, I, how many of those games where Andy Dalton didn't start? Do you think we could have won? I, I would say probably all of them we had a shot in with if Andy Dalton starts. The Raiders, the yeah, Steelers yeah. too. Yeah. So, um, and, and and even when we played Baltimore uh, that one time, we kept it close yeah. with Baltimore, who was by all uh, on paper and by all other measures of of relevance, they were a better team. So, and here's the thing, in the NFL, any given weekend, anyone can win a game. Um, I think the Bengals are very capable of getting six, getting the six wins. Um, so I'd say double down, 
Um, get the free money. Give the over. Uh, you heard it here first. If you lose your money, yell at Gamble because it's not my fault. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm very optimistic about their season. Like, um, you know, I'm I'm really excited to have a new quarterback. Uh, you know, we when the last time the last time we had a quarterback draft in the first round, it was what oh two oh three. Oh three, the the oh two oh three draft. How old are we there? Uh, I would be six turning seven. Exactly, dude. This is exciting. Um, you know, we get to we get to witness a new era. Um, and Bengals. We are all witnesses. Is the LeBron James poster right? Yeah, I, I just I'm just really excited to to see what he can do and and what this new team can do. So. Yeah. Well, man. That being said, let's go ahead and transition over to baseball. And you know what? I you, if you were look at the word document gamble, um, I, I start with something else. But I'm just gonna come out and ask it this way: Is Rob Manfred a douche? In short, <laughs> yes, I am not a big Rob Manfred fan. Fuck, fuck the owners, right? Like, what the fuck is going on right now? I, We're in well, a global pandemic. Well, and we need some baseball in our lives. And these assholes are worried about money. Before that, even before that, dude, this all oh, no this piece of play bullshit. Is driving me insane. No doubt, it's but, driving me insane. But listen, we listen. The 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 owners came to the players' union and said, "We'll pay you a prorated salary." And the players said, "Okay, sounds good. That's worth the risk for me. I'll do it." Okay, great. Let's do it. Ah, guys, actually, you know what? Mm, we realized we're gonna take a hit here. And so instead of honoring the deal we offered you, we want to split the revenue with you 50-50 where you make next to no money as players who are assuming most and all of the risk. Nah, 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 So anyways, that's kind of where we're at right now. And as a result, we're going to have a shortened baseball season, uh, perhaps no season at all. And what I think the league is failing to understand is that I think that instead I think you have two options. Either you take a small hit up front and revenue loss this season mm -hmm. and protect the sport for years to come, or you cancel the season because you can't suck up and you make it about money and it hurts the, the, the sport long term. And I, I think that and I really think that it will it will hurt the uh, players relations with the owners even more it'll hurt the fans relations with the league more um, yeah. you're already having trouble you know stealing ratings as it is from other sports especially and even during your playoff time i mean god for the world series to to gain to steal viewers from nfl sunday night football uh when they happen to fall on the same day is damn near impossible so um you know i i I forget about the hunt for October. Let's talk about the hunt for the season. You know, I mean, geez, old Pete's um, come to a deal, make it happen. If it, if you can't make it happen because of health reasons, that's different. Um, if you don't make it because it happened because of money, like that's, that's just unforgivable as a fan. And especially Ooh. as a Reds fan, I feel cheated, man. Yeah, this, was, this was, this was a chance that we had yeah, to see some, like this is the first year we have been competing for something meaningful and meaningful in a long time. And I feel cheated as a Reds fan. Yeah, and we might we might never see Nicholas Castellanos in a Reds jersey. No, we might never see Trevor Bauer pitch again for the Reds. That hurts me less. Um, me too, but like still, I, I it's, it's one of your premier signings. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I 
there, listen, there's a lot of things that the Reds did this year um, as a small market team to go out there and make themselves competitive that really isn't conducive to long-term success, but gave us a very short window of opportunity. And listen, I've been a Reds fan for a long time, okay? Um, over multiple decades, I can say that now because I'm over Whoa, years old, right? But uh, but what I, if, if I've learned anything as a Reds fan over the last you know 23 years is that we have very small windows where we compete and have success, and then we're bad for a very long time. And I think part of that's the nature of the sport um, and the, how there's no salary cap, which is fine, whatever. Um, but that being said, I want to be able to watch my team play baseball during the times where we actually have a chance to be competitive, which this year was one of those years. And, you know, we, that might only be a two to three year window. And then after that, we're bad for another seven, eight years. And, and that, you know, as a result, I feel cheated as a Reds fan. Also, also, just one more thing on the Rob Manfred thing. Let Pete in. Let Pete in, dude. Yeah, he's let a scumbag, so I let it go. Let him in. Let him in. But uh, what what time are we at, Logan? Dude, I have no idea. We're I know we're I know we're getting deep into. I think we took a lot more on football talk than I planned to. Yeah. Well, so let's uh, why don't we why don't we very quickly just uh, I just want to point out real quick. Sorry, I don't want to. Uh, did you see that the the FC Cincinnati official Twitter page posted a picture of their new manager Yop um, Stom, and that's his name. That's his name. But it wasn't the picture of him. Oh, but I didn't know that. Do you know that? You didn't know that? Yeah, look that up on online. If you guys don't know that, so the FC Cincinnati just hired a new manager called Yopstom, <laughs> and they posted the wrong picture on their official page when announcing on their face on their website, on their Facebook page, Twitter page, and uh, he said that he received a, a message from one of his friends, and he thought it was a prank that his friend was pulling on him. And then he realized that no, like this was the the official page of FC Cincinnati had re- put the wrong picture of Yop Stom, their newly hired slash coveted manager. They even taken it down. Uh they took it down, I think, but it was not him. It was not him. Oh god, how many coaches is that? We're the new. We're like one of the newest franchises. We have like sixteen coaches. So no, far. no. When we came in the league, it was um, it was Koch or Cock or Cook uh, Koch. Um, <laughs> And then, uh, and then uh, Yondo May was the interim head coach. Yeah. And then they hired one guy. He like quit before he ever even managed. And then Yondo May took over again as the interim coach. Um, and then this guy. So really, they've only had actually coach a game. They've only had two coaches actually coach a game as far. So feels like a billion. Yeah, but uh, are you gonna work a game with me this year? Yeah, if I'm invited, that was sick. You yeah, that was pretty cool. My favorite part is the um, the uh, I forget. Well, the 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 goalie coach or the goalie instructor. The British guy or the yeah, guy? he just lets he lets those refs have it, man. That's he's like Coke. <laughs> he's like, come on, he's been hitting him all game. Are you are you <laughs> fucking blind? Do you need eyeglasses? I'm re- I'm genuinely concerned for you. Pip tip, go pip pip. It's so funny, bro. It kills me. It's so freaking Englishmen funny. Englishmen can be either be like super crass or like super mild. Honestly, honestly, it's yeah. great. Though. So, so sorry. Real quick, LAFC's um, one of their players, Kenneth Vermeer, played for uh, Yopstam, um, who's the new coach of FC Cincinnati, and he referred to him as quote 
a killer, end quote. What does that mean? I don't know, but he said it, and there you go. So that's there is that there is our obligatory um, FC Cincinnati talk, which we talked about with little to no education of, Sorry. and um, I listen. I love watching it. I it's do. fun. I don't understand. I don't know the. I can't tell you much about it. Um, but damn, it's it's fun. Yeah. So. Um. I mean, with that, man, I I don't really I don't really have anything else. It's kind of late. Logan. Uh, Logan kept me waiting. I'm sorry, man. I was buying a motorcycle today. I was trying to at least keep keep me waiting. Um. But you know, I I really think that's a good wrapping up point. We want to keep these shorter. Um, because the longer ones shorten to the left. That's the story of our life. Yeah. Um, but, uh, let's go ahead and throw out the show, the socials here. Yeah. So if you want to go ahead and follow the, the, uh, the show on Twitter or on Instagram, uh, the handle is around underscore the underscore natty. Yep. Um, my handle on Twitter is chow underscore Logan. chow underscore Logan. 24 or something like that. I don't remember actually. That, not really. Mine's really not relevant. Yeah. And mine's a girly humming. That's at G I R L I E H U M M I N. And uh, you can uh, obviously interact with us there. We're really happy to hear from you guys. We hope you do. We do. Um, hopefully sports come back soon, man. It's been, I didn't want to put an episode out, but like, I'm like, what do we talk about? Cause there's not really a whole lot going on. Yeah. So um, hopefully that this turns out. Okay. I don't really know how it's going to look. Um, yeah, I you know I've been flipping the camera back and forth. Hopefully they like that if I do it like quick. Oh 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 I'm flipping back and forth. Ooh, 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 ooh. Um, so it may be bad, it may be good, but uh, it's the best we got right now. Yeah, you know what? We try our best. We try our best, but sometimes we don't succeed. Um, but anyways, um, I'm I'm Logan. I'm Andrew. And we'll catch you around the natty. Shut up and sit down.